Okay, and we are live. Welcome to the 11th episode of our series, How to Become Fluent in English. So if you're somebody who needs to improve their English for travel purposes, for school, for work, or even just for fun, you are definitely in the right place. So today we're going to be talking about how to become fluent in English, but more importantly, how to stay fluent in English. Now, before we introduce our guest here, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can support the channel simply by liking the video, as it'll help the YouTube algorithm spread the message to other people who are also trying to improve their English skills. So now, without further ado, Kemi, who are you and why do you teach English? That's such a big question. First of all, hello, my name is Camille. I was born in Michigan. I'm currently in South Carolina. I'm married. I have three kids, little kids. They are four, five, and eight. And I started teaching English during the pandemic out of my love for learning languages. So I speak pretty good Spanish, uh, Italian, French, Portuguese, and I'm currently studying Turkish. So out of my passion for language learning, I started creating content to help people online. And so my content includes video, books, and courses. Okay, sweet. And before we jump in here to the next question, I'm just going to address some chats here. So Muna Mohammed, shout out to you. So do you offer English courses? I'd like to attend if you offer. So... Currently, um, Arc English, we're working on a platform that will connect English tutors to English students. So mm, once that's available, amazing. we will notify everybody. You'll definitely see it on our social media. And uh, Camille, do you offer anything? Yes. So I have a 30-day listening challenge. I open up a 21-day speaking challenge where I work one-on-one -on -one with individuals, but that is only a few times a year. And then I'm currently working on a pronunciation course for beginners and for intermediate level. So I'm hoping that will be ready soon. It's a work in progress. Oh, there you go, Muna. And Old Bala, sorry if I butchered your name. Hi, <laughs> shout out to you. Uh, something Bunny, hello. <laughs> shout Hi, out guys. To you. Hi, Muna. Okay, maybe you guys know each other. Yes. <laughs> Great. Okay. And Kimmy, okay, so you touched on the languages, the other languages that you're fluent in. So that's very interesting or that you're currently learning. Yes, I have a good level. Fluency, I feel like I couldn't talk about every single topic I wanted in all of the languages, but I would feel fairly comfortable speaking about language learning in all of those topics. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I could say the same thing. I had to learn French when I came to the, from the English part of Canada to the French part of Canada. Nice. And it's definitely, I wouldn't go around saying I'm fluent. I'll just say I'm conversational. Yeah. I can have a conversation with broken French, but uh, it sounds silly. So. Okay. I and feel it, like I'm at, I'm at least, I've never taken a test, but I can have a phone call with friends. I was talking to my friend the other day from Belgium and I was like, oh, maybe my French is a little rusty. He's like, your French is really good. It just needs fine tuning. And I was like, that's true. You know, certain verb tenses, certain maybe vocabulary words here and there. Exactly. I feel I feel pretty good. Like I love it. And it's a lot of fun. I learn languages because it's fun, not because I have to. 
For sure, for sure. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming you learned the French from France. It's a little, yes. bit, a little bit different. In, uh, <laughs> yes. A little bit different. I'm not a huge fan of the Quebecois accent. It is, <laughs> at first when I heard it, I really thought it was people like making fun of French, like purposely speaking that way. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is their accent. So it would take some adjusting, I think, if I had to learn French from Canada. Definitely. Yeah, it's um, not a lot of people are fans of it, but uh, I digress. <laughs> so oh, no. now if you had to rank the four main skills of English, you know, being reading, writing, listening and speaking, yes. if you had to rank those, how would you rank them in terms of which is the most important and which is the least important? Hmm. I mean, I think it all depends what you need English for. If you are someone that just needs to write emails, well, then writing would be really important. But if you're somebody that needs it, like with being on the phone, then both uh, listening and speaking would be really important. Um, if you're somebody that just wants to read books in English and that's it, I mean, reading would be important. So depending on what you need your English for is how I would rate it in level of importance. And I will say learning one thing can help strengthen another thing. Like if you're wanting to be a better writer, reading a lot can help with that. Um, or if you're wanting to be better at speaking, listening a lot can help with that. Well, exactly. That was going to lead into my next question, which is, do you actually believe that somebody can be fluent in a language without being efficient in all four of those skills? So for an example, they're really good at speaking, listening, um, and writing, but they can't read or something like that. Like, would you say that's even possible to be fluent in a language without having a sufficient skill level in all four of those skills? I guess anything is possible because there are people that don't know how to read that are native English speakers, right? They don't know how to read. They never learned how to read, but they can speak and they just learn by listening to other people. So I guess it's possible, but I would say it's rare. I say the more proficient you can get in all of those four areas, the more fluent you'll become. Yeah, definitely. And like you said earlier, I definitely think they complement each other. Yes. So, um, yeah. Like um, even just improving your writing skills or just your grammar skills will actually improve your speaking skills. Um, 100%. As a consequence, for sure. Yes. And before we jump to the next subject, I'm just going to get to some of these chats here. Dash says, your Instagram reels are the greatest piece Aww. of art I've ever had the pleasure of viewing. Thank you, Dash. Shout out to you. So nice. I start speaking English with myself. When I start speaking English with myself, I feel it is a good way to practice. Am I right? Yeah. So speaking English with yourself, it's a great way to practice. Yeah. A lot of people think you have to converse with another living human. But um, actually, when I was learning French, I think just speaking to myself out loud and training my mouth to actually pronounce the words. Yeah. Um, it helps a ton because once you've said something or once you've pronounced something a mm -hmm. hundred times, mm -hmm. it becomes second nature. Yeah. Stop thinking about it. So That's good. Um, I'm doing that currently just before this live. I was on my phone on the Mango Language app and I was listening and repeating, listening and repeating Turkish. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, by myself. It's, it's, I think it's necessary for sure. Yeah, totally. To, um, to be conversational. Mm -hmm. uh, my problem is speaking, and I also want to take a Duolingo test in December. Currently, do you teach the English language? 
currently i don't have the time right now currently but um if you'd message me on instagram i could definitely recommend you uh, some people that'd be able to help you and also a note about duolingo um it's good for drilling grammar and it's a good supplement to your learning but yeah. you should definitely not rely on it using mm -hmm. duolingo alone you're not going to become fluent in english um it's yeah. something that's more of a a bonus something that kind of uh complements your learning right exactly it complements mm -hmm. your learning but it's not um it doesn't really explain the grammatical rules and the differences between the english language and your language so you may be confused about a lot of the stuff that you see if you don't have a a good foundation so, for vocabulary it's also pretty good because of the repetition mm -hmm. you can learn some really good vocabulary i do a little bit of duolingo every day but mm -hmm. it's not my main source i use it as a complement along with the other things that I'm doing to learn the languages that I want to learn. Definitely. I speak three languages and French. It's four. French, <laughs> <laughs> French yeah. Yeah, that's and awesome. I want to learn English. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, sick. Yeah, definitely learn English. Um, it's, I think it's the most important language in the world, or at least the most popular. Um, yes. Important, that might be controversial, but. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, the most common, the most popular. What do you think of schools teaching to translate English into your native language in basically all situations instead of teaching you to understand what words mean and how to use them naturally? Yeah, I definitely think you should not fall into the trap of trying to translate uh, English into your own language unless you actually want to be a professional translator. Um, mm -hmm. I don't recommend that. Mm -hmm. um, instead, you should actually associate imagery to the words that you're learning in English. That's so, good. Um, when you learn it, try to paint a picture in your head of how that would actually apply to you in mm -hmm. your real life um, mm -hmm. associated with imagery not translating words in your head That's you'll good. be much better off yeah okay i see your other chats i'll address them later but we are going to jump to the next topic now okay so now which order should people learn these four skills of english being reading writing listening speaking if you had to advise someone what order should they um I would say, what are you most interested in? What are you most inclined to do? Do you really enjoy listening to podcasts or do you really enjoy reading? Do you really enjoy writing? Like, what do you really enjoy? And then go from there. Because I think if we enjoy what we're doing, we're more likely to continue doing that thing. So especially in the beginning, finding things that you enjoy, I mean, always, not even just in the beginning, but really finding things that you enjoy and then following that, I think will help you to become more fluent because you're more likely to stick with the thing that you're doing. Right, and would you say that's a good general rule for how most people should learn? Obviously, I... there's gonna be exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But like, would you say, um, if you had to, give one method that most people can take away yeah, or one roadmap to becoming fluent, you'd say that's a good general rule for most people. I actually would because based on what you're interested in, it can really determine what you do in your life. So if you're interested in like certain shows or certain books, whatever your interest is, if you can find that thing and do it in another language, I really think that you will take away more and learn that language quicker than if you were really bored, uninterested in the topic, if you're just studying grammar, I think you're better off, yeah, following your interests, finding out what you enjoy, and learning a language that route. 
for sure and yeah i was talking about that with another um english teacher i was interviewing his name is mike the chameleon i'm not sure if you've seen his stuff too. okay okay and, and we were talking about the same thing um yeah it's important to be engaging even when you're mm -hmm. teaching english too you definitely totally. want to engage the people um you're teaching and then um i'll get to a couple more of these chats here whoa speaking teaches you to think quicker with sentence building properly probably uh, or probably sense building probably yeah um speaking exactly it teaches you to think quicker um it'll mm -hmm. be second nature once you've explained something a million times to yourself in the mirror yeah you come into real life it's just going to come out fluently uh, mm -hmm. yeah definitely right let's see here slam balal hello <laughs> yeah use with my mouth and don't let it in my mind thank you guys exactly yeah a lot of people like to read um in their heads i'd actually recommend especially if you're starting out to pronounce the words out loud as you read mm, um it's just good. extra repetition for your mouth it'll work those muscles yeah. to um, sound more english that's actually something i do with language learning so i read out loud with friends that are trying to learn english and i'm trying to learn their language and so we just send one page from a book. It takes about two minutes to read that page out loud. And then they correct my language and then I correct their English. And it's a great way to learn correct pronunciation, to improve your speaking because you're reading out loud, to learn new vocabulary words. It's been a great tool for me in my language learning journey. Definitely. And, uh... Muna Mohammed, okay, where can I get your Instagram account? So um, both me and Camille's Instagram accounts is going to be in the description below. It should already be there, I think. So um, yeah, just check it out there. And uh, that's where they'll be. <laughs> Thanks, you helped me a lot. No problem. It's in the description. Exactly. Yes, it's in the description. Good idea to take what you enjoy and follow it. Thank you. For sure. For sure. Can you suggest grammar books to improve? Yes. Um, in my opinion, I think the best grammar books in English would be the McGraw-Hill books. Well, that's what yeah. I used to learn mm -hmm. other languages as well. Mm -hmm. I personally found it really good. Um, but if it's possible, I would try to get a grammar book in your native language, outline the differences between your native language mm -hmm. and the English language. It's going to put the pieces of the puzzle together in your head way better if you do it's it a that good way. Tip. If that's possible, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. that's impossible, because I know a lot of languages, um, for whatever reason, maybe they're not popular languages, they don't really have good books mm -hmm. to teach English, then um, I would recommend McGraw-Hill's books mm -hmm. in English. Yeah. Okay, and moving on here. So do you believe, Camille, that someone can effectively learn a language without conversing with native speakers? So they're in a room mm. by themselves, they have the internet. Do you believe that someone could actually become fluent without the use of conversing with native speakers? I think it's possible because of stories that I've heard from people that are speaking English, they learned it as a second or third language. Uh, they watched a lot of TV shows, a lot of series, speaking to themselves a lot, using all the tools possible to to do it but i think or 
I don't think you necessarily have to speak with a native, but even if you can just converse with people that are trying to learn English, I think it will aid you a lot, help you in your journey. But I don't think it's absolutely essential. But I will say in my own experience, it, it's been one of the things that has helped me the most to learn the languages that I've learned is finding speaking partners, having language calls and things like that. So I think it's possible, but I think that you will progress quicker if you can speak to people in English. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. I'd say, yeah, it's possible. It's just, it's going to take you a way longer time though, for sure. Yeah. Um, immersion yeah. is definitely the quickest way in mm -hmm. my opinion, for mm -hmm. sure. And I, I think, think actually too. it's been proven actually, I think. <laughs> that I'm sure. I'm sure. Way. Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard to say like absolutely like 100% on things. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm like, I guess, yeah, you can learn it by yourself, but there are other methods that would help you more effectively, you know, and like speaking with people. I was going to say to touch on that. So for the people listening right now, do you believe that non-native English speakers should aspire to speak like native English speakers? Or do you think that they should just embrace their accents? Because, mm -hmm. you know, in other words, do you think it's possible to eliminate an accent for someone who wants to speak like a native speaker? Are you wanting to ask me that too? Do you want me to touch on it or just the people? Oh, no, I'm asking you. Oh, you are asking me. Okay. Yeah, I thought do, you were do, asking the audience. No, no. Do you think, yeah. it's, do you okay. think it's possible to eliminate an accent? Uh, well, the crazy thing is, is we all have accents, right? Even native English speakers have accents. There's people all over the US and they all have their own accents. So I think we should just embrace our accent, embrace our accent when we speak other languages, not let it be a uh, primary focus for us. We should be more focused on having fun, learning the language, not worrying about our accent, not worrying about making mistakes. I say, if your accent is so difficult to understand, then okay, you have to improve it. But if people are able to understand you, then it's okay. I think if you want to improve your accent, yes, there are ways to improve your accent, but I don't think you should be so focused on sounding native because you're not a native. I will never sound French, you know? People will always know. They'll understand my French, but they'll always know that French is not my first language. And I'm okay with that. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say that um, in theory, we should just all embrace our accents and everyone should accept it. But in reality, um, the world's not, you know, sunshines and rainbows. And unfortunately, a lot of ignorant people are going to make fun of you and criticize you and mock you for mm. your accent. Um, I would say that you basically have to overcome that performance anxiety, I guess you could call it, mm. of uh, speaking with an accent. Um, yeah. The best way, I think, the best way that I would advise people to overcome that anxiety of speaking with an accent is simply that... Um, you know, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and when everyone goes back home to their lives and goes to bed at night, like no one actually cares, you have everything to gain, and you have nothing mm -hmm. to lose mm -hmm. by um, practicing your English with uh, native speakers. Um, you don't have to sound like a native speaker. Um, I think the accent is part of who you are. Yeah. And it actually makes you cool and unique in a lot of situations It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I would say that um, 
the most important thing is just that you can speak clearly. Your message can be understood and people can understand what you're saying. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. when it comes to communication, that's all that mm-hmm. actually matters. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people overthink it and they get too bogged yeah. down into it. Um, let that worry go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, believe me, it's um, if you speak with clarity, even yeah. with an accent, um, life will be okay. Everything yeah. will be fine. And I think that people are actually nicer than we think. I don't think many, I've never had anyone make fun of my accent in other languages. Maybe when I'm not there, like behind my back, they're like, oh my gosh, that girl speaks so funny. But to my face, I've never had anybody make fun of it. So I think there's more nice people out there. If you're putting yourself in a good environment as well, then I wouldn't even worry about people making fun of your accent. I really think that might be more for high schoolers or something. If you're like 15, 16 years old in school, maybe that would happen. But I feel like as adults, like if that's happening, that's just ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, by by and large, adults are more mature than children. So yeah, adults are not going to they're going to understand. But uh, yeah, kids, kids are ruthless, though. Kids can be mean. Kids can <laughs> kids be mean. Are ruthless. Yeah. High school, yeah. middle school, they're terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then um, before we jump to the next subject here, let's get caught up on these chats here. I find dif- I find difficulty in differentiation between British and USA English. Okay. Um, as a general rule of thumb, and I actually think that most schools abroad teach American English because it's more universal. I think Hollywood had a really strong effect where most of the stuff online in English is actually in the American accent, not really the British accent. So if you live abroad and um, you don't really plan on living in a native English speaking country, I would still recommend that you learn the American accent. Um, if you're trying to live in England specifically, then it would be in your best interest to learn the British accent. Mm-hmm. Um, to differentiate between the two, um, the basics, I think, still remain the same for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just the slang and the informal terminology and the idioms that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to learn idioms in a non-English speaking country, I would recommend going with the American idioms, though, as a general rule of thumb. It's a more mm-hmm. common dialect of English around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if he's speaking about accent or just the the um, British and American English in general. I know most Europeans learn British because England is right there. They learn British English. But then a lot of them that I've worked with now, they're trying to learn American because they don't like British. Um, but yeah, I think like, what is your goal? Like, why are you trying to differentiate between them? Maybe if you could even bring more clarity in your, in your comment, that would be helpful too, because I don't know, is it necessary to, you don't have to learn both of them. I think just like what you said, if you're going to live in England, then you should learn British English. It's, it's up to you really. Yeah. Depends on your lifestyle. Depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Please, if you can provide some sites to talk with native people. So yeah, I'm not even sponsored. I'm not even paid to say this, but um, I think the application Hello Talk, yeah, is a good app for just a training ground, just to practice mm-hmm. your English. 
I use it just, too. Yeah, there's there's an abundance of native English speakers on there. Mm -hmm. You just message a bunch of different ones mm -hmm. and you can just test out your English on them. Yeah. And um, some of them will correct you. Some of them will be receptive. And mm -hmm. It's good for beginners for sure. Tandem as well. Tandem is another uh, learning app. Tandem and Hello Talk, I've used them both. Mm. Mm -hmm. There you go. Now, to touch a little bit on slang here. So would you say that slang English is necessary or unnecessary for navigating oneself through an English speaking country? Oh, man, I feel like slang is such a part of our everyday life. You know, like I think we speak with slang and idioms, expressions, all of that. Um, so I say learn some, learn some of the most common slang. And I feel like you will understand people more. <laughs> really, I, I do think. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I'm not going to say that it's ne necessary is a strong word. Maybe mm -hmm. I won't say it's necessary. You can get by yeah. not speaking slang. Mm -hmm. But I will say you should be able to at least understand what people are talking about when they use it. Yeah. Uh, even mm -hmm. if you choose to never use it, you should at least be able to understand it for sure. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with another, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, ESL Kate. She goes by on uh, Instagram. Is, but she, is she Russian? Yeah, Russian. Yeah. 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 So she um, she was saying she had a hot take. She was saying, I don't even think you can be fluent in English if you don't know slang. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, to a degree, because it depends what environment you're in, though, at the end of the day. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. maybe you've come across the situation, too. But I've definitely come across situations where I'm speaking with non-native English speakers and mm -hmm. everyone's speaking loosely and informally slang English, and then they'll start speaking very formally because mm. they learned out of a book. Mm. <laughs> and then yeah. um, it sounds a little bit awkward. It sounds a little bit stiff. Yeah. So um, I'd say it's definitely good to have in your back pocket, even if you don't use it most of the time. Yeah, sure. totally. Even myself with learning other languages when we've traveled, that's pretty much what we've learned when we're out there with people because they just speak so informally. So the things we don't understand is usually the slang, you know? So I'm like, Oh, this would help to know these things, really. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And then um, touching on that, Camille, do you teach slang to any I, people that you've advised? Yeah, I do. And I go live a lot on Instagram. And so if I ever say something, I try to stop and explain what it means just so people will know. And I'm not like straight up teaching as much slang, I don't think, as you are. But I, I've had some slang videos and... I speak how I would normally speak a lot of times in interviews and things like that. So if slang comes out, I try to just be like, oh, you guys, this is a good thing to know. This is what it means. Definitely. And yeah, mm -hmm. so people um, listening, I know you're not going to learn in school and you're not going to learn in yeah. a book, but um, try to make an effort to um, go the extra mile and understand what slang means at the very Yes, end. that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, I think it's tandem and hello talk. Yes, my husband's here, Calvin. He wrote it correctly. A couple of comments down, I can see. Calvin, there you go. Mm -hmm. Tandem and hello talk. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yes. Okay, thank you, Calvin. Shout out, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Now, um, okay, so for the final topic here, do you think people should even bother to study the different accents or dialects of the English language? Should they even bother to learn more than one or should they just stick with one and go from there? They should know them all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't. So yeah. we don't even know them all. I think if you're interested in it, if it's something that's interesting to you, go for it. If you're living in a certain area, like here in the South, if you didn't learn the Southern accent, at least to understand it, you might be a little confused. Some of the vocabulary they use is different and things like that. So if it will benefit your life, if you're living in that place, I think it's important. But otherwise, unless you really want to do it, I don't know. I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's going to drive you absolutely crazy. <laughs> you try to learn multiple accents of English. I think it's important to be mindful of it because yeah. if you go live in London, New York, or any big city in the mm -hmm. world, mm -hmm. you're going to come across people with all sorts of different accents speaking English. Yeah, But to acquire that ability to understand that it's going to take um, a lot of life experience. That's something mm -hmm. that you're going to learn passively through life mm -hmm. experience, but don't mm -hmm. try to actively or proactively go out and try yeah. to learn a bunch of different accents. It's not going to be the best use of your yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And Muna Mohammed, I got your Instagram. I wrote you. Hello, Art. Okay. Yeah, I see you. I will get back to it probably before the end of the day. And uh, we'll go from there. Luna. Okay. Um, which is your favorite accents of the English language? If you had to pick one? Mine? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I like the American accent. Yeah. Why not? American. And yeah, that's another thing, too. American rare because it's a big country. Yeah. I know, so. I know. The neutral American okay. accent. Okay. What about you? Um, I really, uh, I'm gonna be biased and probably say Canadian. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. um, because I don't really like the British accent. I think it sounds goofy. Sorry to all okay. the British people listening <laughs> that are Canadian. That's Canadian the only time I've heard your Canadian accent was with the word sorry because you say it like sorry. Really? Oh. Yes, in this whole interview. I don't, e I don't even understand the difference sometimes between American and English unless it's like a, a little. Unless it's like a, some of my family lives in Florida. So they, okay. they speak a lot differently in the South. But yeah. Um, that I've been to North Dakota a bunch of times because I live close to it. Okay. Where I come from, and they speak mm -hmm. more like Canadians, kind of. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It is. It is. Um, and then, uh, so to close off here, I ask this question to everybody who I interview. So, mm -hmm. if somebody comes up to you and they say, "Camille, I barely know English," step by step how do I become fluent in English? And on top yeah. of that, how long is it going to take me? Mm -hmm. How would you advise them? That's really good. So I would say start with your why. Know why. Why are you learning English? What is your reason? Write that down. 
And then write your own goals. Do you want to be fluent? How long do you do you want to study for? How much time can you commit per day? Somebody that studies 10 minutes a day versus somebody that dedicates two hours a day is going to learn a lot slower. You know, 10 minutes a day is not much time at all. So just determining your own personal goals, your own why, having a positive mindset going into it, all of these things are so important. And knowing your learning style, are you somebody that needs to be a part of a course or are you motivated by yourself? Are you somebody that likes to uh, learn with your phone on apps or are you somebody that likes to order a book and you're more traditional? So knowing these kinds of things I think are important for the language learner. And I would say that you could get to a good base if you're dedicating one hour, a solid good hour a day, I think you could get to a pretty decent level of English in a year, maybe like a B1, B2. I'm not sure I could be wrong. Some people learn faster than other people. And so I would say, as far as a step-by-step -step plan, if you are somebody that knows nothing, I would say something like if Pimsleur is available from your language, it's, I've used this for Italian, French, so it's like 150 lessons starting from zero and you build each lesson, spaced repetition, you're having to remember how to say things. So a program like that where you're just listening, speaking, listening, speaking can give you a good foundation and then finding things that you like. If you like the Duolingo app or if you like books or YouTube channels or things like that and just supplementing your learning at the same time with that, you're going to reach points where you feel frustrated, where you feel like you're not progressing. And so then maybe it's time to reevaluate and look at some different things that you can do to change it up, to keep it fresh and keep the enjoyment there. I think if you can keep the enjoyment there, keep the positivity there, more than motivation, discipline is so important in the language learning process. Some days I'm super motivated. Like I think it was yesterday and the day before, two hours of Turkish, both days. I'm just really into it. But last week I had a lot going on and there was a couple days where it was probably only 15 minutes, you know? So motivation and the amount of time you dedicate can change. But if you can be consistent, developing that consistency, that discipline that will help you so so much in the language learning journey yeah no i i couldn't agree more um it's even if it's just minimal you should yeah. uh, definitely try to do something every single day yeah. um to learn a new language it's not that easy um, it's <laughs> it's it's more like a lifestyle not yeah really something you just turn on and off it's gonna yeah. become a new part of you mm -hmm. so um yeah you mm -hmm. definitely need to pay attention to that um daily and then in terms of how long it will take you, the easy answer to that question is yeah. it depends how much time you put into yeah. it. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're a student or maybe you're not a student, you just have an abundance of time. Mm -hmm. If you have like eight hours a day and you spend eight hours a day, maybe you can become conversational in three to six months. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. If you're working mm -hmm. full time or studying full time and maybe you have, and you have a life too outside of that, maybe you only mm -hmm. have one or two hours for a day, it might take you one, two, maybe three years. Yeah. Uh, it really depends on mm -hmm. um, your schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm definitely going to try to give people advice on moving forward too. Once my platform's ready, um, mm -hmm. we're definitely going to try to give you a guideline step-by-step -step on 
actionable steps you can take to actually become fluent in the language. Um, mm-hmm. over That's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And then um, is there any final pieces of advice you'd like to give Camille? Yeah. Um, don't compare yourself to other people with learning English. Just compare your own progress with yourself. You can be inspired by other people, but just be kind to yourself in the language learning process. Find safe spaces, enjoy the journey, and celebrate your successes. It's so important to be like, wow, you know, last month, five months ago, I wasn't speaking, and now I'm able to introduce myself. I understood a joke, you know, the little things. Celebrate, reward yourself, and just never give up. Keep going. Great. And where can they find you on social media? So they can find me on YouTube, Learn English with Camille. I'm Learn English with Camille on TikTok as well. And then Camille Hansen on Instagram, which is actually my biggest platform. They can find me on Amazon. I've written a few books to help people with their journey, English language learning journey. So all of those places. Okay, sweet. I never knew you wrote a book. That's yeah, cool. I have actually written three and I have a fourth one I'm about to release. So I, oh, it is this right way. Short travel stories because mm-hmm. I'm a traveler. So I wrote <laughs> short travel stories and it's a parallel book. So it's translated into five languages. And then I've written 110 real life English conversations. So this is where you'll see over 200 slang Uh, expressions, things like that, because I wrote it how we would actually say it. And then it has the audio read by, I think, 28 people read the audio, which is so cool because you hear a bunch of accents. And then my short travel stories just in English with quizzes and over 400 vocabulary words. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, consult (laughs) you on that. I was was contemplating uh, writing a book if I could find the time. Yes technicalities and doing it i'll ask you later yeah be happy to happy to respond sure and then one last chat here from rashid i needed english to learn information security because lessons Mm. are only in english uh yes there goes the importance of learning english Mm -hmm. uh, most popular language in the world um it's pretty universal really if you go to any airport they'll probably have someone in there who speaks english so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. definitely good to know All right, and that's all for us. Um, It's simply just ARC English on all of our platforms. Uh, We try to make sure that you learn something new every single day. So feel free to follow us there. Like the video on your way out. That's how you could support the channel if you want to. And that's all until next time. And actually, we're going to be going live on Camille's Instagram. Yes. Yes. So if you want to catch us on Instagram as well, if you have any other questions, uh, we'll be there. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Avery. All right. Bye.